hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. Uh, I am joined by brother Stephen Alfie, the band St Phoenix. How you doing, Hello. Derek, how are you? No bad, yourselves? Doing good, mate. Doing good. We'll just wait till he finishes his coffee, you know what I mean? Is that your first just of the day, my first of the day, mate. I can't, I can't get started with a cup of coffee, so I uh, had to get in there. What have you been up to? Looks like you are both stuck at home for the time being. Aye, man. It's mad, mad pandemic going about, so just in the house. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, um, because of what's going on at the moment, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a nightmare for us. Obviously, there's more important things going on, but for us, it's like um, we just got to sort of... Uh, just refresh and just get uh, make the best of the situation uh, as much as we can and we're writing album two and getting a lot of things sorted um, at home so that's what we're, we're currently doing You know for, for me it's been it's been class watching you two over the past few years because uh, it, it just seems like obviously you'll tell me it's no but it, it seems like it's just been a really rapid increase in bigger shows bigger crowds touring the world but like, I think what people don't see is often the the hard work that went in before that, so he's obviously spent about, about a year and a half writing the album beforehand, and and you were you were in a band for for many years before you started Saint Phoenix. So it's not something that's happened overnight, but I think for the outside looking in, it might come across that. I guess so. I think that's um, <clears throat> a lot of people say that even like when we went and toured with Lewis Capaldi, we said he just came out of nowhere, and I was like, man, he's been to he he supported Vigo Thieves like eight, six years ago, or something seven, maybe longer than that. Um, and like Jerry Cinnamon as if they've just come out of nowhere when they've literally been dogging about you know doing the hard work and the hard graft for, for years and it's it's no, no different from us we've been we learned the ropes um, being in the V with these for years and, and working hard and then as I said even St Phoenix when we started that we're on our four, four years Alan is that right? Four, four. July uh, July before years I guess about July in four years so it's coming up in four years and it's like well um, people obviously just see the success it's the last year but we have been working really hard over the last you know four years to try and get it off the ground and it's only this is the last year that it started to take off I think this is the first time in four years Steve I've not seen you put a leather jacket on <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, uh, time we get it uh, time we just hang it up there now just let it air out a wee bit I, I've had it on for a I don't want for a wee bit. I think what's, I mean, you're no more named it, but what's interesting about you is, is these are brothers and you seem to have a real connection there, not just in terms of the music that you produce, but there's, there's a friendship and a, a bond there as well. And, and a lot of bands don't really get that. But I, I suppose that there's also a, another side on the road where you must get a wee bit fed up with each other as well. Eh? This is, mate, this is a welcome break. Even even though it's, it's a pandemic and we're stuck in the house, this is a welcomed break of between me and Stevie. Um, spent since last, uh, since last February touring the full year. Uh, and then we went on tour this year in February and it was like, we're going to go and do the American tour. Really excited for it and obviously the coronavirus happened, pandemic, and then it was like a break, and I thought, man, I don't think I'm going to miss him at all, and I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you have, though. <laughs> sounded like a best man speech, Aaron. It was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's go back to two Februarys ago then, or 
a year back in February. That was the first tour that you went on. Was that the Young Blood one? No. no. Um, South by. We did. We did that. We did South, I did. I did South by Southwest, um, and that was amazing because, like, we've all we, we applied for South by Southwest with Beagles a couple of times. We got offered it once, but we couldn't go, so we were always wanting to go. <laughs> and then when we 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 got confirmed, it was great. But the, you don't realise once you get confirmed for South by, that's right. Okay, you're allowed to go, but you need to sort out all your shows yourself. So you need to right, go okay. and you know, tout about and get shows, but we managed to get absolute belters of shows, we like Fender and Bud Light and StubHub, um, which was amazing, so we went and it was, South By was just so good, um, we did it on a, we did a, we didn't, we had put an application in for funding, but um, we didn't get that, uh, so we had to just throw a last minute gig at the record factory to, just to pay for flights and all the rest of it, and um, we did that and, uh, had the best time, man. Absolute brilliant, brilliant time. Um, and we were thinking, like, okay, we're, we're putting out singles for that. We're just starting this, to to go again, and and we're playing South by, and but we we had no idea what the rest of the year was going to be like. We just thought, like, South by is a start, and then we'll just take it as it comes. Uh, and then we come back from South by. We did a small European run with a band called Arizona. Uh, which uh, they were on tour with Panic at the Disco, and they did uh, four dates in London, Paris, Amsterdam, and Stockholm. So we jumped on with them, which was which was amazing. It was great. Um, and then when we come back, uh, we were just we were just still doing the album, just getting ready, and and all of a sudden, me and I went to see Twenty One Pilots at the Hydro. And about the third song in, we get an email saying she wanted to support Youngblood and his American tour. So oh we just we just looked at each other and we just had to run out. And um, <laughs> where did you leave the gig? Just let them all let what went into the forecourt and just uh, had to say because they had to have an immediate answer. So it was like right, okay. Uh, we just talked about things and um, thought we could do it. Obviously, we had to get to work at the finances because you're not getting a lot of money as a, as you know when you're su- supporting and we had to go to America you had to sort of visas and flights and all the rest of it so we just quickly sort of talked about it and then we let's well we didn't even properly think about it we just went aye let's we have to do it there's no we'd be, no, be mad not to that, can you? no absolutely not and then um Abby went straight on tour with, with Youngblood that's about a year a year ago the day aye ah, that's mental man Men- best at like the summer tour in America was like insane. You think, like, see now, if you see me going to do a seven hour drive or sit in a van for seven hours, it's a breeze because America is just so big. Right. But it was amazing. But we, we did the, the good thing with the young boy thing, we had the two, yeah, invited us on his tour bus. So, which was. So you didn't have to take your own bus? No, no, so no. we got there, we got there and he was like, yeah, well, before we got there, he like, listen, you can either drive it or get a tour bus. So we've never met Youngblood before, we never, like, I mean, like, we Adam, who plays guitar for Youngblood, who's Lewis Capaldi's best mate, I've been sort of talking to him for a wee while, like, on Instagram, and Mikey, the drummer, he used to play on um, Waiting for Go, a band for Cumbernauld, right. so the two of them are for, for round about where we live. We don't really know them that well, and um, 
We weren't sure if you see young boy drink man, this guy's insane, man. I don't know if I can cope. <laughs> I'm not. Being in a tour bus with him for three months. So, but we said, we'll go and we get there and uh, we get to Atlanta, man. And we're just, in fact, we're on, on the plane to Atlanta and next minute um, we're sitting next to the band Idols. Right. Um, so That's they're right. just, we start, um, and we start just talking to them and we're going through the, the customs queue. And we get stuck in the same queue and we're just talking to him for ages, man. They're the nicest guys you could ever meet by. The guy Joe was just the top, top dude. They were having a laugh with them. And then we got to went to the hotel before we travelled. We were playing Atlanta the next night. We were at the hotel after the airport. And then we were chilling out with Fontaine's DC. They were in the same hotel. Mm-hmm. Right? And I just, just talking to them. This is a hotel called The Red Roof. And it's in a sketchy, the worst hotel, the worst hotel ever. <laughs> is that a hellhole? Eh? Oh man, it's pure gangster, man. This boy good job, through. good job, good job. I've got, I've, I've got some serious street cred, man. I, I've got my ear to the streets, so <laughs> I, I kept that safe. But it was metal. But then we, uh, so, so then we, uh, um, we get to the 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 venue the next day in Atlanta. And, uh, we see the tour bus and like, what do we do we just like we just walk we're just like there's a like there's, <laughs> and it's like must be about 33 degrees outside and there's a queue of fans it's about one o'clock in the afternoon and it's stowed out just a queue so we're just walking up and then we see during the back there's this wee this big security guard with we have black weapon in these shape what's going on here and um it turned out it was Halsey he's he's ex-bird so she's like one of the biggest uh have you lost me? He's still there. We can hear oh, you, yeah, but you're frozen. frozen your camera. Your nose looks even bigger when it's in freeze frame. <laughs> Aye, so I'll, I'll continue if you're still with me. Um, I basically, uh, Halsey was there. He's like, that's my girlfriend, Ashley. I'm like, who the hell's Ashley? And I look, now, you know how you just see someone? You're Hello. Like, oh, I'm <laughs> my wife's so bad. But what did I, what did I stop it? I'm talking about when you when you seen Halsey and you said, "All right, how's it going? All right, all right, then." <laughs> it's me, Stevie. Well, then, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting some mad. I'm saying, give me one second. No worries. He's hopeless, man. Right. I said, okay. Did this first show in in Atlanta, and it was like. You won't, you know, that way where you build up and you've been rehearsing and you think, oh, this is the show, this is, this is pretty good. We're going to do well here. Jump on, you, you start playing, you think, oh, this is going really good. Crowd were amazing, really receptive. And then you go off and you go, oh, I've done a great job there. And then the young bud walks on and you just start seeing him and you go, fuck, man, we're a mile off. We, really? we are a kick up the ass. We're like, we thought we were done really well. Okay. And I was like, nah, we need to up it. And it was just that, you watch him, you watch, I mean, different action, what it's like, and you, you're in a band, you sit and watch YouTube, different bands and different bands you like when you go to shows, but he, his energy and he, what his crowd like, you're just like, man, we need to get a kick up the arse, but just the most amazing time touring that America. I was like, really found out who we were as a band, what we should be like live, the kind of flow, what should we, we should be saying, the songs and all the rest of Yo. it. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to go to my phone, man. My thing was absolutely shocking. Sorry um, about that, man. About, the young boy too was amazing, so your, your story was cut out because you were taking too Sorry. long. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the young boy too was, was fantastic, eh? But then, <laughs> but, what did you get up to, Alan? 
Oh, well, as I finished the story of Lana saying that, you know, Dom gave us a kick up the ass because we watched his show. Yeah. And we found yeah. out who we were as a band. You, listen, you made no point you being on this. Anyway, <laughs> after, anyway, we were, we played, so we did it in three runs. In the middle run, we played, uh, he had his passport stolen. So, uh, so we, we, uh, we were in, so basically we had to do two weeks on in May, two weeks off, two weeks on in June, two weeks off. Pardon me, two and a half weeks, two, uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks on in July, and that was the tour finished. So did so, you stay out in America, or did you just come back? No, because no, I had a, I had a holiday booked, right? I had right. a holiday booked, and I didn't want to cancel it, and uh, it meant I had to miss a couple of days of this, uh, my holiday. Right. No, in fact, it would have worked out. We were, I would have got there. Maybe I had to leave a day early for my holiday, which was fine. But we got a call for a label saying. Um, we got a call for a label saying we're going to do this big radio thing in Kentucky and you need to be at it. And we're like, right, okay. Um, and it was costing a lot of money to do it. But all basis, they basically bring every major radio producer and DJ for you all across America. They bring them to Kentucky and they get the new up-and-coming bands to play. And to like Jack Saunders and, Z- and Annie Mack and all that for America just coming to one place. Right. So, right, cool, okay, we'll do that. Um, and I'm just, I leave. I was on a cruise ship, man. I left the cruise ship, touched down in London. I get an email saying, Young Boy's lost his passport and you got, he's going to have to cancel. And I, I've just left my holiday, right? So, I think now I'm going to go all the way to play this Kentucky radio show. It's just a disaster. So anyway, we get um, fly over there. And we're basically, said but they're going to cancel Vancouver, Seattle, and Portland. Right? They were the, f- the first three dates, but they're going to hopefully get something sorted so we can do LA and San Francisco. So we went anyway, and my flight was delayed, and, and thunderstorms and stuff. And by the time I get to there, I, I managed to make the radio show. Must be about. Uh, half an hour or something I got there early and that was it 20 minutes to stage time so me uh, John the guitarist and Greg's front of the house were there we were setting up and I was like it's a storm man it's a storm outside man and anyway we were playing in Kentucky racetrack like the Kentucky Derby horse racing a steak restaurant that's what it was a steak restaurant daft set up oh I forgot about this (laughs) In walks, uh, in walks Stevie, fifth, like 15 minutes to go. As I right, you better get a warm up, let's get ready to go. And he's like, What the hell's going on here? And anyway, go and play this halfway through the set. The, the, when we're playing a song called Sorry, the bass starts coming in, and there's a massive, it must be like three meter by three meter panel on the roof. And it just comes down. This girl's eating her dinner and just smacks her right in the head. Both. Fucks her. No, I'm going, I'm, I'm singing, I'm singing, I'm sorry. And she's being plucked. She's being plucked out, man. She's, oh, she's completely kicked, man. Just so we had to stop. We had to stop, make sure she was all right. And then I was a bit, I mean, she, but the mad thing is, man, she was like executive producer at all, at Disney or something. did all the, did music for films. It was all these crazy folk there. And we had knocked her out, so we're not going to be in a Disney <laughs> film. <time soon>. No. <laughs> but, uh, so that was, but I missed, so if I had missed that, then there would be no reason for me to, to um, leave my holiday. So I was, it was a nightmare. But anyway, 
we went and then we went to LA for a week and what did Frank shit. as well Frank Carter oh, Frank, Frank Carter we went to uh, later on that night there, there was two venues the Kentucky Derby and then there was a, this famous Kentucky uh, um, what was it called Louisville aye Louisville there was a, a hotel a big famous hotel and Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes were playing it man so we got there and it was just like industry folk and other bands there must have been about 40 people and Frank Carter just like blew the roof off the place he was un- in front of 40 people he was he's uh, sometimes you play these things in these industry shows and you're like a caged animal but when you're a caged animal you've just got to you know, give a fuck man and he's, he's he just jumps up he just grabs us and then next minute up and he starts I just grabs him now and so everybody's hoisting him up and then he's got his feet in the ceiling and he's just walking up. He's gone absolutely mental. But it was one of the best shows we've seen, man. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and then we got a good chat after him and he was just talking about working hard and, and just always, always putting your, your best foot forward and that kind of thing stuck with us. Um, so then we, we did, we went to LA and instead of farting about, we went to LA for a week and uh, shot a video for Shake and then we met up with, with Youngblood in San Francisco, did San Francisco, and then played LA. So, we're playing the show in LA, the Roxy, man, I get like, every Youngblood show, man, is like, people are queued out for like, first thing in the morning, the last thing at night, it's mental. So, we were just, we were getting to the Roxy and uh, Sunset Boulevard, just brilliant. Sun was blaring, and I just feel good. So, we got to play a gig, man, so every, like, labels were there, and all of these, with it, like radio and Spotify and that just tons of folk it was good we, we played a blind radio show and we come off um, and we were talking to young boy upstairs and he went listen uh, I'm doing Europe in October November and I want you to come in will you do it we were like hi like, no absolutely no danger it's happening so um, that was as it as, and as, then as, as long as he brings his passport yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, after that we he said let's see after this show he's at there's a rooftop bar stick around because we got to be doing something cool Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker's coming we're like okay oh, cool so we just we just played the show still stowed out man we got upstairs next minute young um, Machine Gun Kelly's tour bus comes up Sunset Boulevard and stops and he gets out and top it fans everywhere and then young blood jumps on top it it's, it's like TMZ, you know that everywhere. Then they just a front flip after this bus into the crowd, <laughs> you know, And then they walk up up the stairs to this bar. It's just full of just LA folk. Adams, yeah. Hang out, you know, it was I, Kyle Falconer for the view was there. Sure. And Aye. and Danny Danny Ings, the Liverpool player, was we were right next to him. <laughs> Aye, weird. That's random. Total random. And then Machine Gun Kelly, Youngblood, and Travis Barker are playing their single in this wee tiny room. Me and I are just looking at each other going, this is bizarre, man, but it's so good. You really, really, really good. the commercial and wishy, would you? <laughs> no, no. Well, we've seen Stranger Things. But, uh, so that was good, and then we came back, and then we did the last leg with him, last uh, leg of the tour. Uh, July. Uh, July, which was just brilliant, man. The thing is, we were away for two and a half weeks, and we only had like six shows or something. Something like that, because he had festivals in between. So anytime he had a festival, we had to go with him. But we were just... So we were kicking about, we were basically his crew, you know, any time he played a festival. So we were getting to like Foo Fighters and 21 Pilots and all the rest of it for, for free. 
um, and get all the care, and that was brilliant. It was so good. So, um, aye, that was that. But I remember speaking to, I remember speaking to Care the La Fontaine's during the summer, and he was going, just make sure you have something coming up at the end of the year. He says because if you go on these tours and everything goes well, and then you come back and you've got nothing else planned. It's a disaster, man. So we've made that mistake. So that was always conscious in our mind to always have something to, to go. But we come back off that tour. Um, and the young bud thing for the tour, the, the European tour, don't know what happened, if it was his manager or, or, or his label or his There wasn't the agent, but the label, or, they wanted to get somebody else. So all of a sudden we were at the picture. So we were thinking, this can't happen, man. This, this just cannot happen. Um, so we were kind of snooker after we came off that stage. We were like getting, we didn't know what we were going to do. And uh, you, you mentioned filming that uh, music video in LA. And then the, the song was, was on the Ellen show as well. Aye, aye. It's, um, it's mental, man. It's mental how it all happens. It's like, we just shot that. We just wanted to make something a bit different because the other videos are kind of epic and kind of cinematic. So but we wanted to show something, as you said, about the being brothers and just having a laugh. Yep. So we're down Santa Monica Pier and down the Hollywood Star Walk and all the rest of it and just having a laugh. And then I, that song, well, me and Anna, we've got, uh, we're published by an American company in LA called Atlas. So I think they must have been just showing songs about it and they liked it and they, they used it. So that, that was on the, the Ellen show as well. So that was kind of cool. That's amazing, absolutely brilliant. We were doing that video though, Derek, because we were in, you know, you're, you're walking up like Santa Monica Pier and we've got, this, you know, got a speaker and you're jumping about and all that. Do that in Buchanan Galleries or Buchanan Street or Argyle Street, you'll get... Nobody batted an eyelid, just like... You're joking. No, just like, I'm just so used to it. Must be normal. This must be normal. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't feel like a fanny at all. This is brilliant. That's class. <laughs> I feel like a fanny. <laughs> there must have been some times on the tours where uh, there was some some good stories for the two of you. What's, what's been your your highlights? What's been the lowest points as well? How how have you annoyed each other? What's what's the things that grind your gears? Well, it's kind of like um, we had we were very very lucky because when we came off the as I said to pick up for that last tour, we came off for the young boy tour. Um, we, we thought we were going to have Youngblood again in October and that looked like it was up in the air. And then, so, our, sorry to name drop here, but just, it sort of paints the picture better, but our best, our, one of our good mates, Sam, we also have the same manager. Um, but he, Sam wrote, Someone You Loved with Lewis. So, yeah. there's a connection there. And Mark, our manager knows uh, Lewis's manager really, really well. Plus, we know I know Lou as well um, at the same time, but um, Mark said, "Mark said, uh, listen, Lewis hasn't got him for his European tour, it's for his American tour." He said, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Aye." Says, Obviously, it's a bit different because complete different spectrum to the sound and all the rest of it. But you know, Lewis could put the snuts on, or he puts on bands who he likes. Or, yep. So. It tends well, to be pals, doesn't it? Aye. So that aye. So I've got Lucy's number. I text him. And he's blanked it. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I just feel like an absolute major thingy. Right? I was like, this is yeah. just thing. And then I realised, I said, I'm going to check. Because that was a few years ago. I'd 
because I'd done a couple of songwriting sessions with Lewis a couple of years ago. Um, I think maybe he's changed his number. So I, I said to Adam at Youngblood, I said, listen, is that Lucy's number? He said, no, he's got a new number. I said, all right. So I text that. So I text that. No, I blanked me again. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm saying, send my manager. I didn't want to text him. I said, I shouldn't be texting him, asking him to put my hat in the ring. See when you're in, a, see when you're in the music, you, you know what it's like. You have to do that. You have to ask. You have to network. But I did it and I'm like, he's not going to back to me. This, I just feel so embarrassed and I don't want to be that guy that's saying, can I do this, can I do that? But we were about to release a single, Sorry. And we had gone through like, doing, thinking, we've got to release songs, we're going to have uh, the Young Blood tour coming up in October and then the album, we've got, we've got a good run of things, but never think well, there's nothing. And we can't go and release, we can't really do a headline tour because we've not released the album yet. So we were sort of just catch 22. Um so we, we didn't know what we were doing. So um, my wife says to me, um, there's only two things, right? Two things this year, because you've been busy, I want to do. Number one, do I go holiday? Because you've not done a holiday in the last three years. And number two is, we've got a big family wedding in Isla, right? You can't miss it. You have to be there. I says, I'll be there. So I've already packed, I've already sabotaged the holiday because I had to leave early. So we were at, we were at my mother-in-law's house uh, getting... Uh, doing all the family wedding prep and I get a phone call from my manager going and says Capaldi's in are we ready to go and I was like oh so I was going to so I had to tell everybody listen I'm going to miss the wedding but they were all cool because it's Lewis Capaldi it's a big deal but literally a week before we were supposed to go Lewis phoned and said can you do it and we are like aye we'll do it but we are like right we need to again get money together and get and try and work out logistically we're not going to be in the tour bus this time so it's like, right, we need to drive, the four of us, we need to drive around America and this wee, yeah. it wasn't, it was, a, it was like a mini wagon. It was like, ah, a, a mom, it was like a Vauxhall Safira type vibe, man. So <laughs> we had to... Yeah, to be fair, just to buy and see, we knew, like, Nick Laurie is, uh, is PM and you've got um, Scott's Magic team previously. They've done, we've done, with Vigo Thieves and all the rest of it. And Scott and Nick had messaged, said, listen, we've, there's no space in the bus, but we've got a truck, the production for lights and the rest. Stick all your gear in that, and it means you can get a car. So yeah. I was like, man, brand new, so it'll save you some coin as well. Is that like, brilliant? So we are, we are literally, four of us cooked up in a wee minivan, falling behind this bus, <laughs> 14 hour drives a day. And we turn up to the first show for, for Lewis, and there's only four years, so he was doing like two to 3,000 cap rooms. And you turn up, and then everyone's looking at you, going, "Who's that?" There's only four guys there, <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> threes are on stage, and we've got a sound guy. That is it. That's all we can afford, man. Yeah. Shoestring budget, but it was awesome. But it was, it, it was absolutely. Um, some of the places you go to, and some of the venues you play, were just tremendous. And Lewis's guys were just Lewis, and everybody were just brilliant. I mean, second day they ever playing Central Austin and. <laughs> well, it was setting up in Austin and Lewis's act is yeah, here by the way do you want to go to NASA tomorrow so what do you mean I've got a special uh, invite to, to go into the back you know to get a tour in NASA with astronauts and that you want to go and like, aye <laughs> so we drove all the way down to uh, where was it Houston was it south of Houston aye uh, Houston it was uh, and um, we um, we did NASA man with this we uh, with like astronauts and stuff, and like this is just brilliant. That's unbelievable. So, 
but the whole the whole vibe with Lewis. I mean, we were on tour with him when he was just about to be announced number one in America. Oh, so it was just it was just amazing. Uh, and they took care of us and it was just going from strength to strength. We were doing a lot of radio out there and just building, man, and just doing the same show as young boy thing, gathering fans and just getting everybody uh, going. It was great. And then halfway through that tour, uh, halfway through that tour, Youngbud phoned us and said, listen, he's doing Europe with me. So I was like, brilliant. We're, we're in. So we come back for, we come back for 10 days. Back for 10 days. And then we were away again across Europe for five weeks with, with uh, Youngbud. So when we come back, uh, we, we quite refresh, we chit chill out and then we were away again and the European tour was just, I mean, every, every, the three tours, well, we did, the whole year last year was just unbelievable and the way to finish it off with the European tour was just, played Brixton, Brixton Academy 5,000 folk there when we played it. Um, that was insane, man. Insane. And, and so like good. you say, you know, you, you were maybe saying, oh, the, the music's maybe not the exact same as, as Lewis's, but when you're out in America, I've seen photos you were putting up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram that, it seemed like the crowds were really taking to you and you know, queuing up before and asking for photos and selling merch and the whole the whole whack. <laughs> the funny thing is with the merch thing we did, we played, we went like, we, you sell merch, sell t-shirts and stuff and you don't really realise the power of it when you're, you're kind of a small band. But uh, we took some merch, the first show in Atlanta. Uh, we, um, did you tell that story, Alan, when I was off the call, no? No, no. Uh, so, I, so we're setting up the merch stand and young bud finishes, man. Everybody's flocking through because after the after he played, he would leave it half an hour. All the fans about the merch stand, and then he would come out just and cause a riot. So we were we were the first night we were selling, but it was bright stout. Man, we were selling t-shirts. So after the night, we're like, oh, man, we've done like seven hundred dollars right on merch. Well, that's that's we've never made that money at all in that like, selling t-shirts before. So we're in the <laughs> we're in the we were in the the, the bus with with Dom. He's all right, lads. All right. He's like, good night. He's like, I said, how is merch? I said, oh, man, top class, man. Seven on a door. He said, oh, sorry. He's like, I just did. I just did fifteen k, and I was like, what? Fifteen grand. No so That was a that, that was like a short night, man. He's he's unbelievable. Just the his the way he his merch is unbelievable. The way he does things is unbelievable. Uh, but it opened their eyes to see we. We need to seriously take it a bit more, but a bit more organised, and um, I to get more streamlined. So Youngbud's merch, well, Youngbud helped us with giving us advice with merch, and then his merch girl uh, Tanisha helped us set up a system to, to be more efficient. Uh, and we just took that through Faker Pal Day and and uh, into the Youngbud tour in the uh, October and November. Uh, it just and it said we we were like a machine. We just we got to the venue, Alan and John would go straight to the stage and set up. Greg would go front of the house uh, and he would get patch everything in, get everything set up that way. I would go straight to merch and start setting everything up and that's what would happen. A funny, just a, these are fun, funny story, funny story here when you're looking <laughs> back to that. But So after once it was set up, we go and play. After, as soon as we stop playing, so there's like a 15 minute break or half an hour break between us or half an hour break between us and Lewis I go or end if I'm from, I would go straight to merch after I played or we played and I would sell merch 
Alan and John would pack everything down with Greg and then load the van so that after Lewis's plays, we can go straight to merch, do some more sales, have a beer, and then just shoot right off. So I go straight to merch. Alan's coming off. So not, not even knowing what's happening. I, after five minutes before Lewis is going to come on, I go backstage in New York into your dressing room. And I walk into the dressing room and Niall, Niall Horn for One Direction has <laughs> Al's foot up like this with an ice pack on it. And I'm going, that's Niall Horn. What's going on? And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I fell out. See, when I jumped off stage, you're in shake. I twisted my ankle, man. So I didn't know this, but Niall Horan's going, ah, oh, you damn bastard. You need to take care of yourself. And I was like, uh, he's, he's, Pakistan, he's Pakistani, by the way, that accent. But uh, he's, um, it was just bizarre, man. I'm getting, just like going backstage and seeing uh, Niall Horan with your brother with an ice pack and his foot was just was bizarre. So uh, uh, that was that was a bit crazy. But the, in terms of stories, man, we fell out quite a bit. We fell out. Uh, I get quite argumentative with people. Uh, right. I, I'm quite. I'm. 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 I'm not quite that way inclined sometimes. But I'm passionate. I'm passionate. Hey, so I feel. <laughs> I feel out like with a couple of people sometimes, uh, and so did Alan. Um, uh, but you're going to get that way. You're cooped up with the same people for for all that time uh, but we learned to deal with it we learned to because it was the first time I was touring for that length and with that same number of people was uh, it's the first time Alan did it the first time John the guitarist did it and the first time that, that uh, Greg uh, that had done it as well um, so it was all new to us and after a couple of arguments and fights we learned to not I mean, that's, that's me and Alan notorious for pushing people's buttons because we're brothers we just do that on a daily basis and think not, nothing of it, but some people aren't used to that. So we had to realise, listen, we can't really slam people that hard um, because they aren't used to it. We don't, we, we'll take it back all day long, but some people just aren't used to that environment. So we had to learn to tone it down a wee bit and just keep it, keep the hard slams between me and Al. I think there's a bit of a, a West Coast of Scotland thing there where you, you think it's all right to slag folk, but they can't take it as well as maybe used to can. We say that anyway, we go west of Scotland is the hardest but, be, and, but best thing, you know, the way of life, the humour, it's one of a kind, it's the best in the world. And because we have a running joke, because Greg's from Inverurie, John's from Dundee, but they both live in Edinburgh and we just take the piss out of them because it's Edinburgh, it's just not really, like, outside Glasgow, you're all chuchters, so it doesn't really matter, <laughs> but... Uh, that accent, man, that accent. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, I think it's a, it must be a West of Scotland thing because you, you, you feel that. No, I was going to say it's, it's the West, West of Scotland's like, especially when you go to America or even Europe. So that's, that's why I think one of the reasons Lewis has done so well because the West of Scotland kind of thing, you know, it's a big, massive benefit for being an out an out of towner and. Best part in the world, man. You know what it's like. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's why everybody gravitates towards it because it's like, what is this? But if you go to go to Glasgow, you hear that yeah, every second word or whatever it's. You know what I mean? Every second lines are a bit apart, and it's like, man, this is brilliant. Whereas the rest of the world needs to catch up. You know what I mean? Totally. Too slow, man. Too slow. <laughs> What's happening over the next few months for St Phoenix? Then, so I believe you've had a few gigs and tours cancelled. I, I, I seen that you've done your. Uh, listening party the other night on Twitter and 
Instagram and stuff and it looked as if that was a, a real good success. There was loads of folk replying and commenting on it and, and really enjoying it. Well it's um I it was it was good man. It's like we just it was a uh, it was actually big Gino for Vigo Thieves was doing it and I said well, we'll just we'll just do one as well. But see that's the thing you've got to the thing the young bud taught us about how to engage and keep your core element of fans and keep you know be, be you know be close to them and we in like not from a selfish point of view but you have to because it we've learned that the most important people in the world when you're doing music doesn't matter about gatekeepers or, or radio station DJs or Spotify executives or curators or, or A&Rs they're all irrelevant they are just all irrelevant the most important people are the people that turns up to shows the most important people are the, the people that contact your Instagram and share your stuff it goes without saying they're the most important thing without without music there's nothing I mean look at the, the comp- Complete industry is shut down just now because of fans can't access people. Um, they can only do it obviously via streaming, and and we're trying to do our best ways to 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 keep in contact with them. But the main thing is is getting out live and get out face to face. And when you can't do that, it shows how important the fans are. But we we played a we sold out an a, a European tour at the start of the year, which was insane. Again, we were we were getting to venues. We were, we were waking up at 7 in the morning, 8, eight in the morning, there'd be people queuing for 5, 4 in the morning. For us, we got to, we woke up, the first show was Paris, we woke up at Dover. We woke up at Dover to get the ferry and there was folk outside Paris waiting on us. And we get there and we're like, this is, this is because it was so dope, we're thinking, people just maybe show up and there were a four thing. We get there and people are stowed out every night. So we were making sure before the show we load in we do the merch right good we go and see the fans for you know half an hour and go and get pictures and speak with them and we do the same after um, because it's so important it was it was amazing and then we were we were just but when the album was out we had the sold out tour it was just great and we'd sold out St Luke's um, which was, was great because that was another when thinking back to the the band after doing Vigo Thieves Vigo Thieves was just predominantly we just wanted to be the biggest band in Glasgow which was the stupidest thing I, actually, when I listened to myself back, we just because it was us, the Lafontaines and Fatherson, we were coming up at the same time, and we're all at the same level. At one point, we're all doing the Archies, and then we're all going to do the ABC, and that's when we peaked, and they went on to do the Barrowlands and in the Academy, and uh, they had more success. But because they 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 played throughout the UK and they played throughout Scotland, we just slowly stopped in Glasgow. Daft idea with this band because we had asked so many people all the time about. Vigo Thieves, we thought we'll just leave Scotland, we'll just leave it, we'll not do anything um, and we'll just be a band and that was, coming back to Glasgow and selling it out was doing St Luke's was unbelievable for us because we never really properly you know, tried to, to force folk to come or sell tickets, we did everything on, all the tickets done online, you know, it's like sometimes you see Vigo Thieves gigs it was like, geez, 500 tickets and you were out door to door, with this one it was like, no, we did all the tickets You've lost him. Again, see that Wi-Fi has there, I'm telling you. <laughs> you still there? Aye. I'm still there. I'm just wondering if, you're, if your dial-up is still working. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, man. I've got my, my hamster's in, in his wheel, man. It's great breath. Take a fag break. Um, <laughs> he uses but, um, his, um, so, well 
this you used to get for a free week of Wi-Fi. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? What's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your Skype username? Jukes3316. WWE. Very good. Anyway, but... Um, Stevie, do you think it's fair to say that almost, you know, like, it's more of an achievement because you, you've bypassed that Scottish scene and you've done it yourself rather than relying on, you know, maybe DF or other promotion companies to try and push it for you. You have went and done your thing and then came back and says, look, this is what we've done. We've achieved X, Y and Z and we've sort this out in our own merit. But well, that, that's what we want to do, man. And that's solely what we, 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 we really feel is necessary to, to be a band is, um, you, know, you look at the Killers or you look at uh, Kings Leon, they came to the UK first when nobody would touch them in America. Look at Youngblood. Youngblood get, Youngblood get, Rejected through every major label in the UK. Went to America, played school night, smashed it, got signed in at a scope, smashed it over there and come back. So that's what uh, that's what it takes sometimes. And we thought we'll just we'll just be a band, you know, because we can sell, we can go and sell, you know. We're, that's the thing. The, the pain in the asses. We had this American tour book with South by, and obviously that cancelled with coronavirus. We had um, transmit. We had Raw Cat, well, not, well, not announced, but we had Raw Cam Ring. We had um, Redden and Leeds. Um, I maybe just, I maybe just drop, drop the bottom. Red and Leeds may go ahead, but we are, we are playing it. But I'm <laughs> yeah, not announced it yet, that. so it's exclusive. But we've got other festivals that that are going to be dropping. Like, everything's dropping like flies. So like, that's all. That's all. Um, not going to happen. We've got this tour in uh, September, October, which is like we think it's going to go ahead, but you just don't know. But the good thing for us is going to that touching on um, being outside Glasgow. We we I mean the Milkweg six hundred tickets, and uh, we're hoping to sell that out. But if we can say we can sell six hundred tickets in Amsterdam, that just this just blows my mind. It's insane. Yeah. Or go to go to Berlin and do five hundred tickets. It's insane. So that kind of thing. Um, it doesn't compute in my head. But when you actually go there and you see it, and people are there and like it and. You know, singing all your words. It's un. It's basically what we've been building to do for day one, and I guess that's what up bands coming up now should really aspire to. Yes, play in your hometown. Yes, but do as much as you can to get out because that's the most important thing is reaching other places and growing. After rehearsals, then before you go on tour, do you sit in the house and practice your autographs? <laughs> you must have get named. You must have get named into a tea. <laughs> um, we had to sign so much stuff, man, and then with the album and CDs and all the bundles, and I had to sign all that stuff. But um, aye, you, you can do it with your eyes closed, and it's dead easy. I, I get such a buzz for you know, just seeing when there was so many St. Phoenix pages on Facebook and things where it's like St. Phoenix fans, Prague, or St. Phoenix fans, Germany, or whatever. And I get a buzz seeing how much of a reaction you're getting abroad, so I can't even put into perspective what, what it must be like actually for you as being there first hand. Folks singing the words back to you. And do you know? Do you know it's the weirdest thing? There's a from all the all the fan groups. They've set up a WhatsApp group. So there's like 130 people in this WhatsApp group, and they're all for everyone. All gets people from Brazil, America, Mexico, all over Europe. I think there's one lassie from Thailand that's in it as well. Um, but they're all talking about Saint Phoenix, like. Crazy, and the one girl we met. They've, ca- they've capped it. They've capped it so that, that basically there's a there's a hundred people in the group, but that's a yeah. hundred max. They don't let MDLs in, and you have to be. The, the criteria is you have to be hardcore Saint Phoenix. T 
to get in the group. And That's if you're not, if you don't, yeah, I think if you don't talk and if you don't, if you don't contribute in this WhatsApp group, you get chucked out and they get somebody else in. <laughs> but they're like they all brother, nuts, but it's man. Phoenix fans. Aye, it's 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 so bizarre. Um, but it's it's good, man. I think what we found out last year was, and this this probably goes with any type of band, and we I think you you get to see where you went wrong in the past, and it's better obvious because everybody wants to try and be cool and try to be, you know do their oh, try to be like nineteen seventy five and inconspicuous or have a bit of mystique and do black and whites and do that, and it's like see really. Find out what is good. Find out what your thing is, right? Find out what that thing is. And see, when you find that out, amplify it. So, for instance, Lewis, amazing voice, funny as fuck. So just write your, write your, do your songs, use your voice, and then see on social media, be yourself and be funny as fuck. Sky's the limit. Young bud, he's got that. Fill in the void with the, the young um, sort of emo... Un- misunderstood, um, you know that kind of my chemical romance, that that kind of vibe, and he, he knows what it is, knows exactly um, what everybody wants. Be himself, and just as a cat, as an extension of himself, amplifies it, and then and then goes. And the same thing with us. That's what he said to us. He says, "Well, you guys are brothers, so this might sound daft." He said, "But sometimes you go on your page, and I really know your brothers." So that's what we need to amplify. We need to amplify that we are brothers and it's family. And that is it. That's, that's what's made us, us grow. Is thinking, well, our thing is make good songs that we like and then just be yourself in terms of our whole thing is making people feel good, making people laugh um, and showing everybody, you know, what it's like being in a band with your brother, but also your best pal. That is your thing. And I guess that's what we want to amplify and 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 use and just be just be honest in yourself because we're not the coolest guys about, um, and we're not trying to be the coolest guys, but we're just we're just trying to have a good time and make people feel good, and hopefully that can make means that we can we can do this as a living. That's the goal. I love the fact you touched on family there because what I think is brilliant, and I'm always chuckling about it, is when you get your dad on social media as well, and and you even made it into the most recent music video. Um. Well, I've got more stories. I've got more stories. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, my dad is uh, my, my, my dad's the reason why you know we're doing this. He the support he's given us for day one. Um, letting we had that he had a warehouse, letting us use his warehouse to rehearse. Um, just giving us the support and the confidence, and always being at every gig, um, always helping out and. The good, I mean, the thing with this, we used, the reason why we're close is because we all used to work with my dad. We were all and my sister, and we were all working together. That's why we're close. And um, we stopped working when St. Phoenix started to take off. We stopped working with him, and he's obviously felt a wee bit. Where's my boys going? You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, the the bizarre thing is, so we went on. We went to. We got to Milan. Uh, we were young bud and my, we said we'll take my dad for a couple of days he's right. come to you can come and, you can come and sell merchandise because you're going to like listen lads I sell you just can't sell <laughs> which, which let's, let's let's see your spreadsheet he said I can double your sales if I'm at the merch stand I'll double your sales alright okay so we get to hey, did he go on the tour bus aye so <laughs> in the European tour we were in the, we weren't in young boys tour bus we were only right. at, we're in a van, but we pick my dad flies to Milan, so we pick him up, jumps in, 
we get to the venue, right? Same again, stowed out, brilliant. Get to the backstage. Uh, my dad's going to catering. My dad's like, this is brilliant, this is great. We get to the restroom, felt we'd be inside, a big bottle of Jack Downs. Oh, boy, is this just a life, man, right? Next minute, we're like, where's, where's, where's Dom? Where's John Bud? And he's, uh, um, the two of that are, he's with uh, Anais, which is No Gallagher's daughter, right? Right, okay. So she's kicking about, we're like, okay, no bother. So, uh, do you know, my dad's like, No Gallagher's daughter? I said, aye. So <laughs> we're, we're all going about the corridor, right? And this, this young lassie's walking about, no, this lassie, Anais, is walking about with Bond here. My dad clocks on and goes, at her, all right, hi. I know your dad. She's like, excuse me? That, I know your dad. As if to say his best mates. We know guys. Like, Aye, no, no ganker. I know him. She's like, all right. And he's like, right, see you later. And I was like, this is daft. So then, uh, so my dad meets, my dad finally meets young bud, right? And my dad's had a couple of drinks on him. He's like, Dom, you're the next, you're, you're the next Mick Jagger, man. You're doing all this. You're unbelievable. You are the next Mick Jagger. Anyway, we keep drinking, we keep drinking. So we played, we go and play, and Milan's insane. What a gig. Come off stage. Then Dom goes on to play. So every night when, when he played, we were, we were always inside the stage watching his whole show. Right. My dad's going, half ah, he's nut, man, at the side, right? <laughs> so Mikey's playing drums, and he's looking at my dad, and Mikey's going, what's going on? He's going to come on stage in a minute. We had to grab my dad and sit him down and say, Dad, just... <laughs> you ever seen you ever seen the, the Lemmy sketch with Eki Da? He's like, that was that was my dad, man. That was my dad the same. That's so he's, he, he's going absolutely so we had to calm him down after the show. Who's the, who's the first person that young boy sees coming off stage? My dad. So he starts, Oh young Mike Jagger, you're gonna be the biggest star on the planet. Young boy's loving it. My dad is just hilarious. So the two of my dad's your dad really like this? He's like that all the time. So then we get <laughs> Then we get to Zurich, right? I said, like, Dad, you didn't. You need to do merch now, right? You've just been drinking all the time. You need to start doing this merch. So we've got this. We've got this system set up how to do the merch, right? Small, large, extra large. Bump, dead, streamline. Set the merch up. We're playing. I got after we. I, I play. I go straight down to merch to help my dad out, right? I go down to the merch stand. It's like a tumble dryer, man. It's a big heapy t-shirt. So he's like, "Where the fuck is that? Where the fuck is that?" selling anything. Then after that, uh, he's trying his t-shirt sale. He starts holding up the cookies. He's asking people. That's uh, asking people for selfies and that. So I said, "Dad, you need to calm down." So that so then we play. Then we play Warsaw the next night. And uh, not after that show in Zurich, young boys said to my dad, "Barry, I love you, but it's man. I want you to come on stage with me in Warsaw and sing a song." My dad's like, "What?" Oh, yeah. He said, "I want. Oh. I want you to come on." He's like, which song do you want me to sing? He's like, waiting on the weekend. That's it. No bother. So we've got an eight-hour, in fact, it was in Prague, he said it. So we've got an eight-hour drive to Prague to Warsaw, eight-hour drive. So my dad's sitting with his earphones on and a pen and he's doing all these lyrics. Eight hours, right? Just bam, bam. And he, my dad didn't utter a word. He was just in the zone learning all these lyrics. Right? So we get there. All right. You ready to go, Bertie? You ready? He's like, I forgot the words, Stevie. That's his own. He's like, I forgot the words. I said, just go on and do what you do, right? So my dad talks, right? My dad talks. So uh, young buds, uh, young buds, um, tour manager comes over and goes, Bert, we've got we've got a curfew here. We've got you know we've got everything planned out. We know the, the show's like meticulous. 
points in it. Dom's going to ask you to come on, right? You go straight on, you and you just sing. And when you when you stop singing, you come off. You don't talk. You don't say. You <laughs> grab the mic. You just go. My dad's like, no bother. I've got this. I've been I've been born to do this. This is my time, right? So thanks, man. The one of the guy, Will, the crew member comes over. Gives my dad a microphone right there. I'll switch this on as soon as you go on stage. Remember, please don't talk. Straight on, do as Dom tells you, no bother. Just sitting from the side stage. Uh, John was like, right, I've got a very special member of um, my family that I want to bring on here. And uh, remember the support bands in Phoenix? I was like, ah, it's a, got my, uh, got, they've only got, they've only went and brought their dad on tour. And I want to bring him on stage to sing a song. Ladies and gentlemen, Bertie Jukes. I was <laughs> my dad's at. My dad, hello, Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he starts talking, going, uh, This is young blood. Well, I am old blood, and we are blood brothers. I mean, I'm going, Oh, gosh, you shut up, you shut up, man. Young blood and old blood. And the next bit, he's going, Man, he starts singing. And the good thing is, the chorus has got this main lyric that goes, Waiting on the week. And my dad just sang it perfect. <laughs> and he kept singing it. And uh, everybody went, Man, Oh, and then after the show, we got in the merch stand. Nobody bought a T-shirt for us. Everybody just sat and got a selfie with my dad. That was shocking, man. <laughs> I bet he was um, loving it. Absolutely loving it. He loved it. He loved it. But it was, it was brilliant. And he I said he's a big part of what we do. And I think that's we 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 show people that because, as I said, our thing is family, and it's just it's a real thing. It's what yeah. we're all about. Yeah. If, if you ask my dad, like if you to say my dad was the band doing, he'll say. Oh, we're releasing a single. That's what he says. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. releasing, we're releasing a single. The boy, uh, the boys, we know, we've got an album out, and we've, we're, you know, we're doing new merch. And you're going, he, he is part of the band. Do you know what right. I mean? So, and there's like, oh, I'm going to have my own YouTube channel and all the rest. Everybody's tuning in to see me, Bertie, and you're like, fucking hell, man. But do you know, it makes it so authentic, doesn't it? It makes it feel more real. I think when you when you see your Wait. dad, there. I guess so. I, mean, I think that's one thing that. I, you, you've got to show that you've got to show what you're all about and where you came from and uh, people people get engaged with that and people people like it and uh, we like it man it's just well that's what we like to we like to show but he's um, he loves it man he, he loves the whole the whole vibe and uh, he just gets I think he's secretly wanting to be a member but he can't <laughs> he can't sing or play guitar so he snook it. I don't know, St. Phoenix featuring Old Bud could be the next single. Uh, it could be. <laughs> Wait and see, man. I'll, I'll not keep you too much longer because we've, we've nearly been chatting for an hour, but just wanted to say thanks so much for, for your time. Uh, no problem, man. Not a delighted problem. with how well you've done over the past few years and I'm looking forward to seeing you going to even higher heights. And, uh, Thank you once, very once much. Lockdown's once this lockdown's up, man, we'll get another one of these podcasts in the go, man. We'll update you where we're, where we're at. That sounds good to me. Thank you very much. Hey, my man. Cheers. Cheers, man. Take Thanks, care. Man.